Welcome to the Wellness Marketer Podcast, a show dedicated to helping wellness professionals grow their business with easy and effective digital marketing strategies. I'm your host, Katie Costa, and I'm a nutritional scientist, entrepreneur, and digital marketing professional. And bringing business and science together is kind of my jam. Tune in for interviews with the industry's best, inspirational stories, and everything marketing. Thanks for joining me today. And this is the Wellness Marketer Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Katie here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Wellness Marketer Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about how to make a website that doesn't look like shit. I went there. I know that DIY websites are like more popular, popular, <laughs> are more popular than ever, but that doesn't mean that it's still not easy to make a bad one because building websites has never been easier and so has making shitty websites. Literally has never been easier for someone to publish a bad website. And I will be the first one to say that I believe that a bad website is worse than no website. So if you can't make one that's gonna look profesh, it's gonna look cute, I call it hashtag cute but profesh. If you can't make one of those right now because you don't have the time or the money, don't even worry about it. Like just move on, rock it on Instagram and save that for another time. So this is a episode that was actually suggested by one of my Instagram followers. So thank you so much for the inspo. And I'm just going to like get right into it because I know that's what y'all are here for. So here are my top tips for making websites that don't suck. So first things first, you have to pick your platform and you want to pick something that is going to be user-friendly or really just anything that you're comfortable with. I know a lot of people are using Wix and Squarespace. Those are the two that I started with and they're actually the two that I would recommend. There's also Shopify and WordPress among others. However, uh, Shopify, I would only suggest if you're going to be running an e-commerce store and then WordPress is also great. It's just a little bit more technical. I don't personally build WordPress websites yet, but it's something that I'm going to be working on. There's like unlimited plugins. It's absolutely the most powerful powerful. I believe something like 25% of the internet is powered by WordPress, which is freaking awesome. But if this is your first time building a website, I just would not recommend it as the first one. So you're left with Wix and Squarespace. And while I learned how to build websites on Wix and I'm most familiar with that one, I would actually suggest Squarespace. Because what I found with Squarespace is that it limits the customizations that you can do, like Wix is completely drag and drop. So you can literally put anything wherever you want, change any button, circle, photo or whatever to have like its own color and font. And like you can literally do anything that you want versus Squarespace, you set what they call site styles. So you choose your font for your headings and the sizes and like going all throughout that, like the colors of buttons and all that good stuff. So what I find is that the lack of customization on Squarespace actually helps you to create a website that looks way more professional because the first like mistake that I see with people who make websites DIY and they don't look good is because they're inconsistent. I totally just spat on my mic. It's fine. <laughs> so they're inconsistent. And this is a big deal because if you think of like any brand or any business, especially in the online space, you would never look at an inconsistent brand online and say that looks professional. 
it's that one thing when you can't put your finger on why something just doesn't look good or why you're turned off by a website of like a service provider or something. It's usually because it's inconsistent. It immediately gives you this like chaotic vibe and it just, it's not well branded and just, ugh, just icky. No, no, no. So I love Squarespace for that because you can really make sure that everything is going to be consistent and like the way that you intended it to be. And I just think they look way better. Like I can make a Wix site look pretty damn good because like I have lots of experience building out on Wix and nothing against Wix. But if you don't have experience with that, it's going to be so much easier to make those mistakes and just create a website that looks like a little bit off, like what I was saying. So I love Squarespace. The price is great. Like the price for all of these are relatively um, relatively similar. Shopify is going to be a little bit more expensive. But yeah, between Squarespace and Wix, they're going to be about the same price. Squarespace will be a little bit more of a learning curve, but there are like YouTube tutorials to the moon and back. So I would definitely recommend checking out those if you're just starting with Squarespace. And it actually has slightly better SEO. So it's going to be easier for your site to be found in Google if you've done, you know, effective SEO strategies because ranking in Google is no easy feat these days. But Wix SEO like natively sucks. I like I saw something from Neil Patel and like he because like SEO is like his thing. He was doing some sort of study on like the different website hosting platforms to see what ranked best for SEO rankings. And like WordPress came out the best. Again, like they are going to be the most powerful website builder. However, Squarespace came second and then Wix came like last. They were just like, no sites that are built on Wix, like just don't rank well in Google. Not sure why that is. Neil Patel said so, so it must be true. Yeah, but that's that. So pick your platform. Number one step for building a website that doesn't look like shit. Like pick a platform that you're willing to learn because a lot of the times people just settle for like things being like the way they are on their website or they don't make something look good because they just don't understand how to use it properly. So if you're going to go the DIY website building route, then you have to be committed to learning it because you can't, you can't be mad when you haven't, you know, Taking the time to be a student here and like learn a new platform, a new software, and then wonder why it looks like shit. So yeah, that's my little rant on that. And then yeah, so number two for my number two tip for not having a website that looks like shit is to not skip the planning phase. Planning is so important when making a website. Like you don't even want to touch the back end, like the like the building phase until you have planned out everything. Like if you need to just like whip out a coloring book and like that's how you want to plan it, that is totally cool. But there are a few core things that you need to like figure out before you ever, ever, ever start building. And it's going to make your life so much easier. And I promise you, it's going to make your website look so much better. You want to make sure that you have a great color scheme picked. Pinterest is absolutely amazing for finding great like color pairings. I go on there all the time for inspiration. They'll have, some of them will have color codes, some of them won't. But if you have Adobe, there's like ways around that. Or I believe there's actually like online generator, online tools. Like if you really like a color, you can just put like a screenshot of it into some sort of online thing and it'll like generate a color code for you. So that's super cool. But yeah, pick a set of colors, like three to four colors is probably like good enough. Like you can't do more, you can't do less, but you definitely want to have some diversity as well. Stick to two or three colors or sorry, three to four colors that look really good 
together. And if you don't know, or if you're feeling a little overwhelmed, like I said, head to Pinterest because they will have something for you. So the next thing that you're going to need to plan is your font pairings. Again, Pinterest comes clutch here. They, If you just search font pairings and then the website platform builder that you've decided to use, because like Wix, you can add custom fonts, but unless you want to like buy them or you can like download tons for free, then it'll be easiest to just pick the fonts that are in there. However, in Squarespace, you can't add custom fonts, but you can go onto Pinterest and then search custom font pairings Squarespace and like tons and tons of stuff will come up and then you can pick something that you really like. I personally love a good serif and sans serif combo. If you don't know what that means, sans serif is like those letters that look a little bit more bubbly. They don't have the little, I call them caps on the ends of the letters. Like Times New Roman is a perfect example of a serif font. So has the little caps. And then the sans serif would be like Arial, where it's a little bit more streamlined. But yeah, Pinterest will have tons and tons of inspo for you, but make sure you pick a font before you start building. So your sitemap and the content that will go on each page will help to dictate the design. In terms of like a healthcare professional or any service-based business, I highly recommend a simple five-page website navigation. So that includes your homepage, about you, services, a blog or a podcast, and and contact. That gives everyone all the information that they need to like make a decision to work with you while also being simple enough that you're not going to overwhelm somebody when they come to your site because there's nothing worse than going to a website and wanting information and having no idea where to find it because there is just so much stuff on the site. And then to boot, like the navigation has crazy names. Like, I don't know. I can't think of any examples right now, but like, I know I've been to websites where like the navigations don't make sense. And I'm like, why can't you just put about the company? That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. So you want to make sure that your navigation is good. And then you also want to take a peek at, or I guess plan, like fully plan all the content that's going to go on each page. Yeah. Like you want to know what writing has to go on there. If you're going to need any photos or any buttons or things like forms and other plugins like scheduling tools so that you can have like you can start to scheme about the layout. Since we were talking about SEO, another thing that's mucho importante for ranking well in Google or really just like having your ideal clients find you on the web is keyword planning. So before you go into like writing all of your content, I want you to sit down and think of keywords and phrases that your ideal client would be using when they search the web and they're looking for a solution to their problem. And remember, sometimes it might not be as straightforward as like hashtag naturopathic doctor. And this is where blogs and podcasts really come in handy. They help to boost the SEO of your site by continuously adding new keywords to your website week over week or month over month, as opposed to a website that doesn't have a content page on it. Like you're not going to be continuously optimizing the same way as you would be if you were using a blog. So you want to make sure that you're using terms and words and phrases, key phrases that your ideal clients would be searching for in Google, depending on their health symptoms or their concerns, diagnoses, solutions that they might be looking for. All of those things you want to sit down and really plan beforehand. And this doesn't really have to do with your website not looking good. But what it does have to do with is like the performance of your site, because we all want to have a website so that we can essentially have a home base online, have another way for people to find us and essentially and hopefully work with us. So it would not make any sense to go through what I call the planning phase of a website and not mention keywords. And I already touched on photos, which was the last 
thing on my list because the types of photos you have will also dictate the type of layout that you have. If you don't have any widescape photos, you're not going to be able to use like one of those banner features on your website because the cropping is going to get all weird. So I also highly suggest one of the big things that can completely change a website is having high quality photos. And I know not everyone can invest in, you know, a photo shoot, but there are so many photographers, especially if you are in the city, there are so many photographers that are just learning that are really charging affordable prices. I've had photo shoots for as low as free because like someone just needed something to add to their portfolio. So don't discount getting professional photos done because it can really, really elevate your brand. And that will also help with the cohesiveness of your website. When you can get in front of a camera and do one like massive photo shoot and create all the content for something like like your website, you're going to have the same lighting. You can change outfits. Like it doesn't have to be the exact same like style of photo, but when you have the same like composition and style of a photo, and then it's also like high quality, like from a professional camera, then it elevates like the whole feeling of your website. Like people know when they're looking at iPhone photos. I mean, maybe not so much now, like the iPhone 11 Max Pro is actually insane. I don't have it. I want it because I want it for the camera. But yeah, like having high quality photos is something that will really, really make your website look epic. Something else that's not really related to your website looking bad, it does help with the functionality and actually booking clients is a direct booking link. So if you have like a scheduling tool or, you know, you use like Jane app or better practice or any place where you can book clients online, make sure that that's somewhere that's easy to find. I personally love to put that in the navigation as well. And that doesn't have to be to like a separate page. It can just go straight to like your booking app because not only will that like save you tons of time, like emailing people back and forth, but it also just like increases your chances of booking more appointments because out of all the people who are scrolling on your site, they're obviously interested in your services. And if you make it really, really easy and like you intercept them while they're on your website with, um, I hope you guys didn't hear that. Like a motorcycle just drove by outside my house. Um, okay. Moving on. What was I saying? (laughs) I don't know. (sighs) Anyways, book, (laughs) blah, 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 link book, direct Oh my God. Slow down, Katie. Direct booking link. If you have it, use it. Done. (laughs) Okay. One other thing, not one other thing. What am I saying? I have like so much things to do. Honestly, guys, I have like not recorded a podcast in so long because I was bulk recording my podcast right before the winter break. And I think I recorded like one in 2020. Like they were all done from the end of last year. So I apologize. I'm just getting back in the swing of things. What I meant to say is that one of the biggest tellers of a DIY website, like the, if you only take away one thing from this podcast, let it be this. Be consistent. Use the same fonts and the same sizes of your fonts throughout your website all headings should be the same, all paragraph styles should be the same, like all of the font colors should be the same, like not like together, but like if you're, you know your headings are one color, make sure your headings are one color across the board. If you have a banner image on like, let's say your blog page, and then it says blog, which is the, which is the first thing that, you know, shows up 
all of your pages should be laid out essentially the same way. Like you can create variation because you want to keep it engaging, but you need and you should have repeating elements throughout your website that really tie every single page together. So elements is another keyword that I love to use when chatting about website consistency. That can be anything from like a repeating shape to a repeating layout, just something visual that repeats throughout the website so that it can tie it all together. I know a lot of health and wellness individuals use like little plant icons or what's another one like just lines or shapes they'll like offset photos onto like a color block image um and like that will repeat or like i mentioned banner photos like having all your photos be the full width of the page like there's like the possibilities are truly endless but when you can like really have that consistency throughout your website, I find that is the biggest driver of making a website look aesthetic and making it look professional. You also don't want to be afraid to leave white space. So having space like just there, like things don't need to be packed into every corner of your website. Don't be afraid to have your font a little bit smaller. I love a good small font. Size 14 is great. But in general, when things are smaller on your website, I also found that that makes things look more professional. So if you can, you know, create if you have like a small paragraph or something, like don't think that it needs to be the full width of the page, for example. Like let there be balancing white space because it'll also naturally guide the eyes and you can then really guide people like on the journey of your website you know, going through the content in the order that it's intended to go in. When things are too chaotic and too scattered and too full, um, people's eyes are going to be darting around and they're not going to understand where to go as intuitively as it would if it was, if your website aired on like the simpler side. And that being said, consistent spacing is another thing. So little things like how far apart pictures are from each other, the size of photos, spacing in paragraphs, spacing between paragraphs and headers. These are all little things that really add up that when they are like spot on, that's when like shit looks really good. And that's why I love Squarespace because they have little spacer modules so that I know that I'm putting one spacer, you know, in between my header and my paragraph every time or one spacer between photos, um, like on left and right and in between or up and down, like literally all over. So Squarespace is so amazing for that consistent spacing to the point where like it actually sometimes blocks my creativity because it's telling me that I can't do something because that's just not the way that their website works. But in hindsight, it's actually great because it keeps you like coloring inside the lines, like I like to call it. So we already touched on high quality photos, but if I didn't hammer that one home enough, you want to use high quality photos on your website because that says, hey, I'm a professional. I can invest in my online presence. And it just says something about who you are and your credibility. If you aren't willing to invest in yourself, why would other people be willing to invest in you? And that comes across online. Like people know when things are DIY. I've said it before and I'll say it again, but there's definitely like, I understand, like I, I can't even, you know, afford to have everything done on a service. I do a ton of stuff DIY too, but the thing that are DIY, I make sure that I take the steps to do them well and learn about them so that I don't look like a massive rookie. Like not that there's anything wrong with being a beginner. I believe, you know, you have to be a beginner to like learn anything and you have to be willing to learn something new, but that doesn't mean that it should be sloppy, right? Like there's a difference there. You can be a beginner and still put an effort and still try and learn and like get help from other people. And like, I've seen tons of websites that are DIY that look really great. Like, you know, it's not impossible, but don't be afraid to invest. Even if all you can do is invest in a photo shoot, you can get one for like a good one for like $200, depending on who you're working with. And again, like how much experience they have, but don't, 
don't discredit those beginners either because um, some people can be pretty wicked with a camera. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by The Perfect Marketing Protocol, an easy and effective marketing checklist for health practitioners. If you feel overwhelmed by all of the things you could be doing and are looking for a strategy that will help you grow your audience, position yourself as an expert, and keep your audience engaged, then download the perfect marketing protocol at thewellnessmarketer.ca forward slash checklist. That's thewellnessmarketer.ca forward slash checklist. Ooh, now something that I'm actually really excited to chat to you about, and that is simplicity. So this is like a guiding principle for anything design and marketing that I absolutely love. And it doesn't, it goes like way beyond websites. It goes like, it involves everything. So the more that you put on your website, the less important each element becomes. Okay. So that is so, so true. Because if you think about it, if you just had one landing page website and you could only have one sentence, like one sentence, or let's say one paragraph, because one sentence is a bit much. But if you can only have one paragraph on a website, how much weight would that paragraph carry? A shit ton, right? So the more that you add is essentially taking away from everything else. And there's a fine balance here because you want to be giving people all of the information that they need so they can make an educated decision about you uh, and your services to see if you are right fit. However, things can very easily become overcrowded and overwhelming. Like if people are being are confused by how to navigate your site, that is a problem and you're going to turn off potential people. At the end of the day, like there is strength and length. That's another like advertising principle. So like I said, there really is a sweet spot. You don't want to have just you know, that one paragraph on your website, but you want to provide people with enough information so that they understand who you are and what your guiding principles are like and what your services are, what it's, you know, how it is to work with you. But think to yourself, if you're like questioning whether or not something should be on your website, just think, what will someone not understand if they don't see this or they don't read this? And if the answer is nothing because it's reiterated somewhere else, or if it's just not essential to like making a decision to work with you or positioning you as an expert, then you probably don't need it. So it's a great test. I highly recommend using that. And yeah, just remember the more you put on your site, the less important each individual thing becomes. Okay. So those are my big tips for you guys. And I just wanted to go over a few general housekeeping things that will that are essentially like other properties of a really good website. So one thing is using persuasive copy in a language that your ideal client understands. As healthcare professionals and like trained scientists, we can be so like so close to the work that we're doing that we don't realize that other people don't understand what we're talking about. So sometimes this looks like, you know, using scientific jargon or even using like the diagnoses when people don't even know they have the diagnoses. So you want to make sure that you're meeting your ideal clients and customers where they're at. Use words that they would use to describe their conditions, not words that you would use to describe their conditions. Because if they feel like you truly understand them and their problem, they're going to want to work with you because they're going to think that you have the solution. You also want to use like copy 
staying on copy. <laughs> um, you want to use words or like, and staying with copy, you also want to use words that are going to inspire people to work with you. So that means, again, putting yourself in their shoes and speaking in their language. So more so talking about the transformation that will happen from working with you and not so much the details of working with you because that's going to be much, much more powerful and help you have more conversions on online. And if you have testimonials or like reviews, not reviews, <laughs> yeah, testimonials, then you're going to want to include those. I know my naturopathic friends, depending on what region you're practicing in, you can have you can have a lot of um, rules around using testimonials. So some a way around that is to use case studies instead. So you can just highlight, you know, keeping in mind your client patient confidentiality stuff. You're going to want to showcase a transformation of a client and really use their transformation to sell as opposed to the words to sell. And again, depending on your region, you might be able to have a rate MD account where people can rate doctors. I believe chiropractors can use it as well. It's Obviously, it was made for MDs. However, there are tons of NDs on it. Yeah, so feel free to direct people there depending on your college's rules and where you're practicing. So please just make sure that you look into that before taking any of my advice. As mentioned before, having something that's simple and cohesive that will really look professional and not have your website look too rookie. A good website should also help you naturally generate leads. So if you have a lead magnet or, you know, a freebie download contact form where people or some like a newsletter people can sign up to, then you want to make sure that that's really like readily available and like accessible and almost the word I wanted to use was invasive, definitely not invasive, like interceptive, I guess. So you want to intercept them while they're on your website. So you can do different kinds of like lead magnet, like, or you can like display your lead magnet in different ways. You can do a pop-up, you can have it in your footer, you can have it. A lot of people suggest that it should be the first thing underneath the landing area of your homepage. I totally agree with that. I think that's a great spot to put it. If you can put it, it's not as um, interrupting as a pop-up. I know pop-up pop-ups are still really effective. So it really is just a personal preference, but that's a really great way to be like passively generating leads for your business. Because if people are visiting your website anyways, you know they're interested on some level. So you may as well give them a, an opportunity to connect with you and you can follow up with them to see if they're interested in working with you in your practice. That's another thing. This is like kind of off topic now, but don't be afraid to like extend an invitation to book a consultation with you or to learn more about what they're going through. Even if someone just signs up for a newsletter, they've opted into email communication with you. So you have like every single right to just have a conversation with them. And even if you don't offer them anything, you can just ask them some questions that would help you with market research. Like again, like what are they going through? What are they struggling with? And take note of how the people that are on your site, take note about how those people are describing their problems. And you can like then go back and change your website and modify it as needed to, you know, just make your copy even that much more aligned with the people that are actually coming to your website. And the last thing that I would say is like an important property of a good website is having an intuitive flow. So that almost comes back to white space a bit. It really comes down to good design, but you ultimately want the flow of information to make sense. And it should essentially look like a funnel with your most broad and general topics being discussed at the top of the page and getting more and more refined as you go down. So you don't want to start off with your most complex ideas or your biggest service packages 
everything should kind of go in a chronological order or, you know, just a logical step-by-step process. And I definitely encourage you to use design white space to help flow people like, or, you know, lead them through your website, whether that's using things like buttons. Oh, buttons are so great. You know, you're like, oh, like click here to learn more about my services. And like that might be on your homepage. And then when they go to your services page, they read it and then you have to click more or like click here to contact me. And now like, as you can see, like you've literally taken them through the website the way that you want them to go. So be really strategic and like how you set things up and don't be afraid to like use destination links to reroute people. And yeah, just make sure that like your contact or your sign up form is really, really clear because that is the ultimate goal of having your website, unless you're a hobbyist, in which case this podcast is not for you. But if you are trying to make money online and you want to have a website so that you can increase like the sales of your services or products, then you're going to want to make it super, super simple for people to find you, reach out to you and, you know, hopefully work with you. So yeah, guys, those are the tips that I have for you on how to make a website that doesn't look like shit. And I guess also doesn't convert like shit. Something that I wanted to share with you guys is that if you are interested in having a website audit by me, just wanted to let you know that when you join my new program, zero to a thousand, that every member gets a a complimentary website audit, as well as a complimentary social media audit so that you can start working on your online presence before the group gets started, which will be the first week of May. So I know that's kind of a long time away. However, yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be the first launch of the program and it'll be just perfect timing. So it'll allow you guys to deep dive into a little bit of work that you should be doing beforehand without rushing. So yeah, really looking forward to that. If you want, you can join the waitlist for zero to a thousand by going to thewellnessmarketer.ca forward slash waitlist. If you get on there, you'll get a hundred dollars off the program and get first dibs to be part of the program because there's only going to be four spots for four students in the April or May start of the program. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Keep the podcast ideas coming. It's so great to hear from you guys and that you're enjoying these. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Your support truly means the world to me. If you liked today's episode, subscribe, send it to a friend, or share it on social media. While you're there, you can find me at The Wellness Marketer on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Although Instagram is my vice of choice. I'm your host, Katie Costa, and thanks again for supporting the TWM podcast. Until next time.